Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of arts, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and, well, the arts again with our ever-evolving open discussion segment, Is It Art?, focusing on everyone's favorite subject, buckle up, that is copyright law i know i know calm yourselves all right i know <laughs> it just went from six to midnight over here i don't know what you're oh about. oh man I, I can hear the screams of applause i yes try to contain your excitement so there's no theses today no gems we will need a little history lesson before we dive in now before we get there let's meet our guests you already heard from them that's right it's sir augustus leopold theodore the buck welcome back to the show buck howdy howdy folks coming to you from the rainy rockies rainy it's, rockies Ooh. oh yeah it's like rained here a lot in the past, i think almost every day here in the last three weeks summer's still on the horizon but before we get there we need to tell the good people why why are we talking about everyone's favorite subject copyright law <laughs> oh Uh-oh. oh boy this uh, one get you get, you know if you love up Phantom Menace. If you love the Phantom Menace just uh, for the trade okay. dispute part of okay. it, okay. you're going to love this 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 uh this episode. discussion, this yeah. discussion. So, uh why? So, some current events made us at the NDP headquarters made our ears perk yep. and more importantly made our minds light up on what could be an amazing discussion. So, what happened? Here's the history. So just recently, just like in the last few weeks, the Supreme Court made a decision about Andy Warhol's or their estate's use of a Lynn Goldsmith's prints. Lynn Goldsmith's that's, original that's, it's Prince photograph. Prince like you Purple Rain job. Prince. Thank you. you Thank you. So what happened was, long story short, the Andy Warhol estate was trying to reuse one of his silkscreen prints of prints to resell in some sort of new market or they they were they were uh, going to put it on display or gallery I don't remember exactly the the context of that part of the history regardless it was going to be out into the world again but they neglected to pay royalties to Lynn Goldsmith, who created the original photograph that Andy Warhol used to make the silk screen mm-hmm. prints. So she sued them. She sued them, took them to court. It went all the way to the top, to the Supreme Court. And longer story short, she won. She won. And um, that made us... Man, there's going to be, for the future of the art world, there's going to be a lot of changes here yeah. and a lot of things to come from rulings like this. And I thought, my God, there's a lot to really hash out here. Because right before that, we had another fucking court proceeding. And that is because the Marvin Gaye estate sued everyone's favorite UK ginger, Ed Sheeran. Back actually in 2018, but the ruling just came down a few months ago. And you know, mm-hmm. the, the courts are slow. They're slow to process these things. Yeah. Now, in that that court filing, 
the pop star was accused of copying the 1973 classic Let's Get It On for his hit Thinking Out Loud. And long story short, he won that. He won that even though a lot of the they it was much more similar than it's than a similar court case that really started this era of of these things coming to the limelight of these controversies of copyright infringement and that is when Marvin Gaye sued Robin Thicke and Pharrell for Bloodlines you know you want it that song remember that song yeah the hit I, of the summer it was Go the ahead. hit of the what was it 2013 or 2012 2013 the hit of yeah. the summer everyone loved it and now everyone loves to hate it so it was yeah so Marvin Gaye estate sued robin thick and little skateboard p so they like the marvin like gay estate that's, that's was suing that. yes robin thick and pharrell uh for blurred lines because they thought they were copying gotta give it up marvin gay's mm. gotta, gotta give it up mm. and what's crazy about these two lawsuits is that with the first one so uh the robin thick blurred lines one in 2013 they lost that one and it uses different keys, different, different chord progressions has different lyrics. Whereas the Ed Sheeran one has a lot of the same common chord changes. Those four chord progressions that we see in pop me and Buck make fun of this all the time. If you've heard of other shows, we all know that two Swedish guys make all the pop music um, in all the world. Swedish has Sweden has Swedish. Sweden has a monopoly on all pop music. So if you really want to attack somebody, let's let's not like let's attack them. <laughs> let's attack them. Let, you know, I'm sorry, Sweden. I know you're joining NATO soon, but maybe before you do, like let's. So it's let's, crazy. It does come take down to history, context, and really who you get on the jury. Because yeah. so the Ed Sheeran case, they they won that Marvin Gaye Marvin Gaye's estate lost, but they was that was more similar to thinking out loud was more similar to was more similar to let's get it on than blurred lines, blurred lines was, to, was to gotta got to give it up gotta give it up because yeah. you know pharrell famously said well you can't copyright a, a feel a groove yeah you know and that though they sounded similar to this day i actually i actually do side with them to this day i i feel like they shouldn't have won the marvin gay estate i feel like they are yes they again they've they have similar feels and grooves and things like that, but they are completely different songs in so many ways. So what what do you want to tackle first? You want to tackle the Marvin Gaye one or, or do you want to still kind of set this up? Like, well, we are I have thoughts. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, I want to frame it with a few topic uh, discussion talking points. OK. And we're going to start big. You know, I want to start broad. I want to start, you know, with the the. The, the big ticket details, you yeah. know, policy, legislation, all that thing, and then work our way down. And then I want to talk about the future because, okay. oh, my God, the future like AI generated music, like that fucking Drake hit that came out not too long ago, which There's was a lot a banger, to hash out here. Actually. It was an absolute banger, right? And it sounded just I like him. It. I, actually <laughs> loved it. I was like, wow, this actually sounds pretty good. So before we hash cool. it out, you know, Buck, we got to take a little break. Here's our sponsors, guys. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. 
Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, well, buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show all right buck uh, we are back and you know what that means i know you've yep. been you're you're salivating you're mm-hmm. ready to talk about this b now i'm gonna i'm gonna frame it okay because okay. artists have been borrowing ideas from other artists for fucking centuries okay we know this to be yeah. true the basic building blocks of the past create new visions and pieces for the present and definitely the future. But people should be protected. That's why sure. copy rights were invented. You know, people's artistic vision and work should be copyrighted and protected. So I want to start, I want to start the discussion with this. Where is the line? Okay. Where is the line between inspiration, tribute, and homage and you know straight up copyright infringement hmm well that's that's a big that's a big i know subject. it's that's you know we're starting we're starting out and we're we're, we're coming down in we're, we're narrowing we're focusing as we get closer to the end yeah so and i and i want to i want to go back to you know before we end i really want to go into detail on the the oh we'll the we'll Supreme add in case. those we'll add the the recent events the the court cases in as examples. Yeah, as and I can along. frame it up. And, and yeah, so yeah, I, I mean, it's a hard thing because you, you, we'll go, we'll start off with the Pablo Picasso, okay. his famous quote: uh, "Good artists borrow, great artists steal." Mm. Um, we don't know if that was really him that said it first, but you know, it, it, he's attributed the kind of you know being the person that said that. So I think with when you're talking about like paying homage to things or copying, I, you know, I, I think it's it's very subjective overall, but there's a lot of common sense that goes into play. If you're taking something and completely copying it, completely using it and, and not accrediting the person and it's just a one to one copy, that's obviously stealing. You know, this goes into all not just art, but, you know, writing well, writing as well you know, um, plagiarism, things like that. Um, and, and that's very difficult. Now where those lines fall, it it gets a little muddy. So for example, when we're talking about the Prince thing, yeah, let's, let's start there. Let's start with, uh, Andy Warhol silk screens because let me, let me, let me, uh, tee you up with this because I, I think some of the lines 
I think some of the lines have to start with the medium themselves, because unfortunately, how the laws are written and uh, pun intended, they often use a very broad brush stroke to create the rights and the copyrights to protect them instead of breaking them down by medium. So this is a perfect example of now, if you look at the original photograph, Mm -hmm. 1981, right? right, The goldsmith print next to the Warhol silkscreen it's incredibly recognizable that it came from that original photograph. Now, this is where I feel like, so every, I want to start with the idea. We're going to have a couple of talking points based off of the other broader talking points, and that is medium definitions. I think that how we need to break this things down. So for all you lawyers listening and judges that are making these laws, we really need laws that we need copyright laws that break down the differences in terms of medium. Everything should have their own rules, but right now really doesn't. And I think you've made a good point. You said, you know, you talked about credit. And I think that's where two things, because unfortunately art and commerce are becoming, you know, they've been tied together for a long time in modern society. And it's only going to exacerbate as we get new vessels to give art to the world through AI or uh, VR, whatever the thing is, right? So how do we protect the original artist's vision and peace? And I think that is either through credit, and if enough time has not gone by to go into the realm of fair use, then compensation. Yeah. So going back to the Warhol example, it wasn't changed enough to not pay royalties to Goldsmith. So I stand behind the ruling that Goldsmith should have got a little piece of the, you know, got a little, got a little taste. So let's, let's frame this up real quick. So 1981, she takes the picture. Okay. Uh, 1984 purple rain comes out. Vanity Fair wants to run a, let's go crazy. Yeah. They want, they want to run a, a, a thing on it. So they ask her if they can use her photos for like a artistic, you know, kind of thing. She wanted um, to be, she wanted to be their darling little Nikki. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so she, so they, so they ask her to use it as a basis for an art, a piece that they're going to do. Um, she agrees to it. What she doesn't know is that they're going to let Andy Warhol take it. He takes it and creates, you know, his, and he's done this it. before. He's the done Marilyn this before. Mon- Marilyn Monroe is probably the most famous and he's yeah. done this with now, other pop art culture items like we talked about the brillo box in our very first is it art episode yeah we talked about the the campbell soup cans but i think the difference here is she wasn't she wasn't compensated well she was given four hundred dollars to license the portrait but that was the original licensing the modern licensing there was no there was no compensation okay she deserved it yeah i yeah no totally yes then that's totally true so she was given $400 for an artist to use as a reference. She wasn't told what it was. And then those 16 images that Warhol came out with, he produced. Then Prince dies in 2016. They want to run another thing. And it's gangbusters, of course. Well, like they want, the yeah, they want to, the Vanity planet. Fair wants to run another, you know, they want to show the, they the, the Prince again, or I mean yeah. the Warhol pieces again. So they went to the Andy Warhol Foundation um, because they f- assumed that they had the rights to the work and then they tried to publish it. And that's when, how this all became, cause she, you know, said, you know, you're using my work and you're doing, you know, 
and you're making money off of it and I'm not getting compensated. So yeah. I have two things about this. Please, please give it to us. One, and, and people are going to get kind of mad at me for saying this, but Ooh, this is a good already controversial for people. Whenever okay. you sell something to a, a magazine or another publishing company or whenever you, you know, they use your work, you are signing a contract for them to use it however they want to. Before you do that, maybe you should probably ask what they're using it for and try to figure that out or get a lawyer hire. And I understand not everybody can afford that. And what what I'm saying is what Vanity Fair did was not right. right. I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. At the agreed. same time, you know, she should have been compensated. She should have been told what that was being used for. At the same time, though, this is a good lesson in before you sell whatever you read work, the fine print, kind read of the thing. fine print and, and try to, or, or ask questions. Who's, who's going to be using it. And I don't know if they, they did or not, or if they misled her or not. I don't, I don't know the whole details of that. So that's one thing. I, I, I do think that I, like I said, I don't think what they did was right, but I don't think, you know, at the same time you did sell your, your pictures for $400 or to use as a, as a um a reference now now then there's another point here where you go in well well if you sell something for a reference and it, they completely copy it then then that's kind of a problem too and and that's where your point with credit and what i was trying to say too you need to mention that or the contract or something needs to be you know stated and such that you know they can use that or not i i don't know the details on it but if they did that and like I said, they did that, and I think they did without really notifying her that they just take a straight copy or he took a straight copy. You know, that's an issue too. But I, I think what what the whole and this is the slippery slope here. When when this ruling came out and the Supreme Court did it, and it was really interesting because some people, some of the justices that I thought would align with this or dissent, actually there there <laughs> there was like some weird like. Um, what we, we see like political lines that we normally see where justices, you know, will, will disagree with each other. There was a few that were agreeing with each other and a few that on the same side that were disagreeing with each other too. If I may, I did like the fact that they, they realized that they were just, they were just judges, you know? So it yeah. kind of, the ruling kind of came back to the licensing fee, more yeah. of the legality of how these things are moved and how the commerce is involved, because they made it a point to say, we're not artists or art historians or critics. We don't, we're not professionally in this world. So who are we to say what, how art is reimagined, how art is reimagined and when that reimagining takes place, if it becomes something new, they're like, we're not here to judge that. We're yeah. just here to make sure that in terms of who should get credit and or compensation, the latter in this case, if it's deserving of the, the initial party, then that's kind of, and I like that they, they focused on that because yeah. it, but that made that's where I feel like, man, this is more profound than people realize, because, yes, I agree that if it's still very recognizable and you're reusing it, I think the royalty should always trickle down. In my yeah. humble opinion, they should always trickle down now. At the same time, I also believe that we should not necessarily copy other people's work or previous work or rely on the ideas that have already been established, but we should still be inspired by them. And 
and find aspiration and create new things. And they may have elements of the past in them, but use them to create something new. And so I feel like Andy Warhol himself didn't do anything wrong. I think where the dispute comes in is when they were trying to financially gain more from it Mm -hmm. and not compensate the original artist because i feel like they're trying to pull a fast one on some right and that's the problem i think we're making our point clear of where we stand there but the reality is that this happens all the time and artists the original artists are sometimes never credited or never paid and i think that's where it becomes a bigger discussion of we need to change that That's why legislators and lawmakers need to create new laws that protect all the artists at the bottom, from the bottom to the top, and divide it by medium. Because I think this is a segue into the opposite reality of of borrowing someone's work and reimagining it. Because what happens when, when someone like Warhol or someone famous creates borrows an original photograph or whatever, but changes it so dramatically, reimagines it to the nth degree that it is unrecognizable. Do we still give credit and or compensation? Or because it it has birthed a new piece, does it live in its own life now? Yeah, and I I think that's the... So there's a lot of layers to this. And, and yeah. I think that's the overall arching question is what, where's the line where you take an original work and you modify it to become something different? Where's the line where you can actually have permission or use that? Yeah. The second thing is with fair use and when it becomes public domain, I think that's the biggest thing where this, where this frightens me a little bit, this, this ruling, because you're right, you know, music, art, everything, you know, and that's where I went back to that Pablo Picasso you know, and I think that's to the that quote because I think that's to the extreme. But everybody has something they like. See. It's okay that we feed off each other. Yeah, it, there's something to that an we extent see that that gives us inspiration. You know, you you have bands. You know, you, if you start back with modern pop rock music, you know, a oh lot of God. like the Beatles were taking inspiration from Chuck. Berry. I feel like if remember remember part of our overarching cover or or top or. A speaking point is that I think a lot of these things should be divided by medium. If we go into the just the yeah. music conversation, so, so I we feel can like split that up, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we go into the music conversation and we are saying that people should be credited or given compensation to the strictest to the strictest version of that, everybody would be suing each other. Like there yeah, would be no yeah, room. No, yeah, yeah, there would be no room. And I mean, if you look at it too, I mean, if you go to visual art, yeah. you know, you. you the person who maybe created this art form, or like, let's go back to the Renaissance area. Some ooh, somebody ooh, painted, okay. somebody created a painting that kind of started that genre, defined it, and we don't maybe don't know who that is or or what yeah. really started it, or we can point to maybe one artist, but maybe that one artist saw something and they they found, you know, some sort of inspiration from that. Yeah. So it started somewhere. So what you're saying today is that. I can go create nine cat or like some meme online. <laughs> yeah. I can draw, you know, and I can license that and I can create it. But what you're saying now is that what I fear with this ruling a little bit is that you can't use any, it's, it's becoming, you're kind of created a line now Yeah, where you can say, Hey, this person copied what I want. And this happens all the time, but now you have 
you have a top court of the land expressing this. And and if you listen to the daily uh, podcast on this from when, when was it? Was it last week or it was a few weeks ago, a few I think, weeks um, ago. Yeah. You know, th- at the end of the kind of their thesis was, you know, it, where does this line, where is it now drawn? It, do we have like a definite line now? And it, will this create, you know, more problems? Will this dissuade people from actually creating art? Short answer is yes. I think yes, it will dissuade. But, but the other somebody said well conversely the half glass full is well now people they won't be as prone to steal or find inspiration they have to they'll, be more creative they'll have to right. be more creative and what that means is what i feared then is you don't have genres of things so somebody listened to um like i said you know with with music if we if we go to that example because you could start pointing at this now you wouldn't have like prog rock or you wouldn't have, you know, indie pop or dream pop music anymore because if, and that's what I fear is that, you know, somebody listens to a song. They're like, Hey, I really like that sound. I'm going to try something similar. I'm going to make my own thing off of it. So are we coming to a point now where somebody says, Hey, this sounds a lot like what I did. They're using the same sort of sounds or the same distorter in Ableton. Mm-hmm. that I'm using right. to make this one kind of thing. Are we getting to a point where somebody can sue for that now? Oh, I think that's an excellent talking point. But before we go there, I want to do a quick Novo pullback because I want to try to answer this question because I know the music music as a medium in terms of copyright law is going to be its own yeah. <laughs> segment in this piece that I still want to answer when it comes to more tangible artwork, like yeah photography, paintings, things like that. If you take that original work and you change it, you manipulate it in the modern, you know, version of this would be Photoshop. But in the past, they would, you know, artists would just paint right over it or something like that. If it creates something brand new, unrecognizable from its past version, is it a new thing? Should it stand alone or should we still... Give credit where credits due. Well, if it's unrecognizable, then then isn't it just a new thing? Like, is it you're you actually copying anything? So if you're, I, so that's the only you know, pushback there is, if you take an original image and you kind of modify it to a point where you can't recognize it, is it actually using that same image, or you actually just how how can you tell? Right. If you can't tell, I feel like both then that's answer, something new. Both can yeah. be true at the same time. Kind yeah. of an answer. Like if you can't tell, then probably it should live on its own as its own new original piece of artwork in some capacity. But I think, I think we can still, I think this is where the line is for me and just my personal humble opinion about this. We should still probably give credit. We may not give compensation because it's so different. It's so new. It's so alive in a completely different life of its own that you probably don't have to pay that person per se, you know, because it's not the same thing. It's a new thing. And I agree to a certain extent. I think it depends on how much you modify, but here's, here's another visual art question I have. So you take Aladdin saying the cover of that. Yes. Which Bowie, by the way, for all you non (laughs) music, musicologists out there, probably one of the top five most recognizable you know, album art uh, covers because of the because of the face paint because of the face paint. But you've seen other, you know, somebody's taken that picture and they've done the same scheme but put it on, let's say, Biggie Smalls. I've seen right. that one, and they make <laughs> a picture of that. Now, is that is that something totally different? 
no, but this is where I think we're okay. We're we're buckle up. We're tiptoeing. We're going into the second segment, and that is we've kind of or we've kind of figured out where some of the lines are. Okay, we're getting better at it now. How? What do we do with those lines? Right? We get lawmakers to make laws for them. Right? We get more rights. We get more copyright yeah. laws. Right? So on that, we we do see versions of that that are considered free speech. Because that can be under the umbrella of parody, you know, when you're parody law. when you're doing yeah. a parody of something in copyright law, that's usually protected under free speech, because though it has similar attributes of the original, if you are using it in terms of parody itself, it usually can stand alone as its own thing. So, so like there are SNL. even thin lines yeah. there. Exactly. That's why so comedy is a do... perfect vessel for this. Yeah, right? SNL can do. Yeah, and I think that's the best example is SNL can put Target and have a Target segment because uh, because they're they're protected under parody law from that. Exactly. And I think this is where it's an excellent way for us to bridge to the music conversation because I know you're dying to talk about this because they have to create they uh, they just have to create more laws because yeah, as we're getting into the world of AI and other things like this because right now, I don't know, I don't even know if people know this. So this is this is going to this kind of blew my mind when I learned it, but if you don't know, good people listening. So when AI copies like a voice, you may have heard like fucking Biden or Trump or Obama um, argue about different video game content on YouTube or something like that. Now, or if you heard the Drake song, as we joked about in the intro, or uh, I think it was, uh, I forgot his name. There's an EDM artist that wanted to use Eminem's voice for so long and Eminem yeah. kept saying no, but then he used an AI version that sounded exactly to a T like it. That yeah, is he not didn't protected. Sell it or anything. He just, he just kind of like did it on like a sample. Yeah, did it for it. fun to experiment fun. to see what it what it would sound like and it did sound great. But the point is is like right now, because this stuff, just like social media and other forms of tech, are moving and evolving so quickly, we are eons behind in creating laws around it to regulate it. Because right now, you can get on some some sort of AI generator to make you know, a voice that sounds like, yeah, Eminem or Drake or whoever you, whoever you want. And that is not protected. So they could make that song and they could like, you can make an original song with original lyrics, but you use the voice of fucking Freddie Mercury and they can't do anything about it right now. So, so that's where a case where I think you're, you're making, you're, you're stealing because you're using somebody's voice or you're using somebody's likeness without their permission. But I think just on paper, like I think before I learned that it, it sounds like common sense, right? You should, well, that's your what voice should be copyrighted when it's out on the, when it's out into the world, when it's so recognizable, like Eminem is very recognizable. Beyonce is very recognizable. Bowie is, we used Bowie already. Freddie Mercury is. If you, you were to use an AI version of that that sounded identical to the other one, I feel like just in my gut, just in my, it, it should be protected. You, I.e., you shouldn't be able to do that. You should sure. not be able to create that at all. But right now, you're totally allowed to, and no one can do anything about it. The Drake one, the only, you know, the only reason they got the the Drake AI song is because they used an actual sample from a universal catalog piece. So that was copyrighted. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't, there are certain samples you can't use without licensing fees, which again is another bridge to, oh, um, we did a show. We just did a show on justice. And they use every EDM artist on the planet uses sampling, some complete complete works from top to bottom, 
complete compositions are just cut up versions of samples. And again, they're still kind of figuring out the law here, but I know we've said on record, there is an art to creating arrangements based off other samples, but there is copyright infringement there too. So yeah. I think, again, it's hard to determine where the line is because if you're using a big sample that's very recognizable, yeah, give credit, pay the royalties. But if it's so tiny, 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 like in the example of justice, there's nothing right now they can do about it. Well, so does that one using the original piece? Well, does that one sample or one thing totally, and this is where I see the defining line. If you take like a drum line from something like a small, like, kick or like yeah. a, a too little thing is that recognizable to the point where you know where that's coming from or have you modified it to a point where this goes back to the painting example i used in my humble opinion yes it becomes its own thing it's new and you probably don't have to pay royalties but at least give maybe the credit where credit's due i feel like because that original artist especially when they write a let's say a very simple melody and they have to write it play it record it and produce it there's a lot of work that goes into creating even something as simple the simplest song you could think of that was still really hard and so i feel like there should still be some credit where credit is due even there even if it's chopped up in a tiny little amount you should probably put that in the credits well and i think if you yeah and i i think that's that's the but they don't do that right now because they there's no law against it well i mean i mean if you go back it's kind of like what i said with writing yeah. You know, if you do academic works and if you're going to quote or if you're going to, you know, make a call back to a, you know, a sp particular study, you have to put your that bibliography. bibliography. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do something different, I get that. I, I do want to hit back. You, you mentioned Ooh, this a mile ago. Me. Like, OK, hit me you, back because you went on you went on a you were in a stream of consciousness. And I know I go with my little Novo filibusters. I, I, I think <laughs> I, I think we need to take a step back here. Okay. And, and think you, you, you keep saying we need to have more laws on this. It needs to be specific things. I don't think we need, I think we need to be really careful with what laws we have because a lot of the time when we do these things, it's a knee jerk reaction to something and we don't understand fully the full implications of it. And I get that, that that's part of time. That's why I think these things need to take time and we need to, you know, think about them. So, so I want to be really careful on that because there could be long there could be longstanding implications with some of these laws that we that could have you know unforeseen you know consequences. Consequences. Yeah. It could it. be bad for the future. It could it could squash creativity and building off the past. And uh, but finish your thought. I I think I'm going to push back on your pushback. But but I think when you talk about the AI thing and things yeah. like that, I think that's in a different category. I think that's a, taking somebody's likeness. Um, you know, that's my first point. We need more lines per medium. Yeah. And it depends. And we need to, we need to have like, so I, I think with music and film, it's going to be a huge thing right now. Yeah. Uh, film, it's already kind of crossed that line or just um, digital paintings, you know, well, Dolly and image generators. Sure. Sure. And, and that, that's a good point too. So I think, I think there needs to be a fine line. I, I would still say let's hold off on it a little bit. I have bigger, more broader concerns with AI voice and AI, um, you know, video kind of things, because I think people are going to use some of those things to make, a, let's say, a subset of people that, you know, don't have the most common sense think that's real. Well, I, in their defense, in their defense, if it is indistinguishable from what 
the actual real tracks, if it's music or the real film, if it's a movie or whatever, I don't blame them. It's going to be, you know how hard it is to recognize these things sometimes? Yeah. See, see link to a priest in his or the Pope in his big white puffy jacket. Remember that whole thing? It was, and that was an AI generated image. And it's amazing. Thought it looked AI so generated. real that people thought it was real. It was and real. That, yeah. and, and that the Pope is just this stylish fucking which, pimp daddy that which if you drips knew, white jackets. Yeah, if you really knew this Pope, he's not that way. The previous Pope, oh yeah, he would wear you something You think so? Like you think the previous Pope would be... Oh yeah, you don't know about the high, previous... high fashion? Yes, he totally was. He used to tell people really? about these like... I, I can't remember who the designer was. I want to say Gucci or something. He would nice. point to his red nice. shoes and be like... They were like $5,000 a pair and he would tell everybody <laughs> about him. So the previous Pope before Francis was totally into that. Let's pull it back. Let's pull it back and do another Novo pullback. Cause I, I want to push a little bit on your push. I like your push. I like when we have healthy uh, debates and discourse. Now let me clarify. Okay. When I said there needs to be more laws, I don't, I don't want a million fucking laws. I'm an artist too. You're an artist too. I want to make these things and I want to build off of already established building blocks like music is a perfect example of that. I want to still use chord progressions that have been used by other artists and just use it in a different way with different you know, vocal melodies or whatever the thing is, right? I just think, so I'm not saying we have to do a million new laws. I'm just saying we need more very focused laws, even if it's just a handful, let's say four or five, but give clear distinctions so the Marvin Gaye estate can't go around just suing fucking everybody left and right for songs that sound like a Marvin Gaye song. Yeah, because what's going to happen is you're going to have you know, people purchasing like music estates after somebody or, you know, dies and you're going to have oh, companies yeah. just oh, yeah. around, oh. which it probably already exists. And Michael Jackson bought, <laughs> Michael Jackson bought, bought, the Beatles. bought the Beatles catalog rights. Yeah. And, you and know, like previously before that had like duets with Paul McCartney. Exactly. So while they were trying to buy that back, he did it. And like, and I think he, then he ended up like eventually giving it i don't i actually don't know i uh, I thought they did i don't know that part of the history paul mccartney was pissed though oh god they 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 hated each other for a while there was a feud there was a big public feud about it too oh yeah but with all that being said yes i at 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 my core at my heart as an artist i still think as much as i said all that stuff and you're pushing back on some of my views on it at my core i think we should always not only protect the artists, but give them room to reimagine already established ideas. I cannot stress that enough. I think already established ideas should be the life force of new art, you know, and reimagining things and being inspired by things and putting your spin on it and signature. And I think that's where I think we should never lose sight of that. You know, as much as I started with all of the other talking points, I wanted to end with this. We should always leave room because we've done this for centuries as artists. You know, we've always built new art on the backs of giants, right? I've already established amazing art and we should continue to do that. But we should also, but we should also never lose sight in the fact that art is getting more and more intertwined with commerce and thus society. And we have to figure out how we can have a balance of both. But with, I think, with an emphasis on allowing a lot of wiggle room for the latter, allowing all of the basic building blocks to be reimagined and reused and 
creating new things for the future that may have little hints, little homages of things from the past. But I mean, look at fucking Quentin Tarantino's work. How is he not sued left and right? Yeah. And I think, well, a lot of people do. I mean, if well, you we, go back well, to the we mu- all do. I mean, like yeah. that's I mean, I think that's probably where we should come start talking about conclusions. Well, and well, I want to hit one point before we do that, because I, I think there's something we're totally missing from this conversation. So do you remember and, and I'm I and this this will I'm gonna give you one specific example, but I still think it it's a it still is a good representation of all different mediums. But Okay. Do you remember that movie called The People, or it's a documentary, it's called The People versus George Lucas? Uh-uh, no, no, no. Fill, okay, fill so, me in and the audience now. So this documentary, so it was basically, there, there, was a, there was a couple different things. One of the big themes was people are pissed off that George Lucas took the original trilogy, Star Wars movies, and he made modifications to them and changed them. Now, under from George Lucas camp and Lucasfilm is that he wanted to fix his movies and think, put things in that represented his original vision. Okay. This upset a lot of people. A lot of people thought it was perfect the way it is. Now that's what they say. I I think more of it, it was a tech demo technology was there. There's also theories that he did it because he wants to keep it from becoming public domain. He wants to keep, keep it to protect his thing. So it's his art. So, where so there was a lot of debates on this red letter media had the director of this and mike got into this really long debate with the director and it was so funny because if you watch a video jay actually just at one point goes i think you guys have this i'm just gonna walk out (laughs) and so where what i'm trying to say is when does something become so culturally important that it's no longer the artist that has control of it it's part of our culture and it's part of the public. part of us and part yeah. of us so i feel like star wars has definitely transcended to well that i'm just level. saying star wars but it's like the mona lisa too and i think i brought this up at a was it this podcast <laughs> one of one of how them, many are you cheating on us how many other podcasts i've only on? been on one other one but we'll, we'll get to that later but i haven't cheated on you no it was a sports <laughs> podcast so is that true oh man sh- shoot me a link i want to know i want to hear you talk sports <laughs> no I'm just joking. No, I'm I'm messing about other art podcasts. But were you really on a different podcast that was sports one? Yeah, but it was like oh my a, god, uh, awesome! No, no, I, it was like a call in thing. I'm like Alice Cooper, baby. Like if you want to go and soar another no, another it was, field, no, soar, no, no, man. No, no, fly, no, no, no. It, fly, it wasn't, little eagle. Wasn't like you're, you're getting getting me off the subject here. Okay, Novo pullback. Pull I, I back. was messing Buck around with go, the Star thing, Wars. Yeah. No, so what I'm saying is, what when when does something become out of the control of the artist's hand? So if if my example was if Da Vinci was still alive today or something, and he created you know the Mona Lisa, and it became this cultural thing, but then he went back and said, you know what, I really didn't like the way her hair looked on this one part. And you know what, that smile thing. Yeah, I was actually trying to make her smile, but I know you can't really tell. But now I just want her to have the, this big ass grin because that's what I was trying to shoot for. And at the time, I just didn't have my technique down. When is the uh, when does the artist still own it, and when has it become such a public yeah, so domain somebody, that it shouldn't be touched? Yeah. So if somebody takes that line, or if they create a new song today and they put a line from, or they take a sequence from a a box symphony and they put it into their, you know, they play it on guitar or something like that, and they put it into their song. When does that become? I think that's why my whole. I don't know. Thank God we don't have to make the laws for this. Yeah, but but something that should. I don't. I think the 
the take home message is I don't think they one do a good enough job and I don't think they focus on it enough. And in their defense, they probably have better things to do, honestly, than worry about us art communities. But it should be something that we do pan out, honestly. Yeah. yeah I just So what I, is I, the answer? Where Well, I, I think that's why we need that's why I go back to <laughs> my answer is, for us. Is this is a very Our hard copyright thing. law expert no, Theodore T. Buck. It, it, this is a very difficult subject to cover and that's why I, I want and it's a very you know, we all want the artists to get their due. We all want them to, we all, we're, we're not against them getting paid. I'm just saying that's when, when that's why I thought it was so profound. Like yeah. this is a pretty this, huge, this is a seismic. The, well, this, the Supreme court thing I think is going to be seismic. I, we don't know how big it is going to be. Cause it just happened. We don't know what the impacts are, but that's what I'm coming back to is maybe, you know, we need to be really careful when we're making these things because the, the consequences could be profound. So I, I just hope that we're not pushing ourselves into a corner here where we can no longer have things that are public domain or, or things like that, where it, it really does belong to the people. Because I do think after something, you know, whether it's like films like Gone with the Wind or Wizard of Oz or, you know, songs like or music from you or know, literature, music we're or seeing literature. artists go, we're seeing uh, writers go back and changing their famous works. Yeah, oh yeah, that was a great example and which which drives me absolutely nuts. And and I understand why they're trying to do it. And in some cases they're trying to like be more culturally sensitive. I'm a purist. I feel like I, feel like I think art is a yeah. art is a time capsule. Yeah. It, it's in a it time itself. capsule of that time. And yeah. I don't think you should change it personally. I think you should leave it the way it was made when it was made. Yeah. No, it should be left in even if it has some things that today wouldn't fly culturally or morally or things like that, I understand the point. But at the same time, there's there's reasons that we leave these things in here. Or we look back to them because we're trying to right the wrongs that we we. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like that is a completely different conversation. Yeah, that's a different uh, conversation. That's a different sure. conversation. So join us next week. No. Yeah. But, um, no, but back but- to the art thing. I, I just I, I just I hope. That, that's why I said maybe we want to take a step back on this, focus on a specific thing, but not try to make it too broad because that that's like you said, I think you're right. We need to focus on very specific aspects of things, but that that can also be manipulated, too. So that's all my whole thing is I don't think we should rush to do certain things. Um, I, I, I think there's definitely times when we should um, when it's when it's an issue that's just kind of spiraling out of control but yeah let's 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 keep that in mind because i i'm i'm a little concerned with this thing because <laughs> i'm worried that you know a lot of people it's over a lot of different mediums are just going to start suing everybody and and i don't think that's really what we should be focusing on right now or do what happen. the music market is already doing which they do preemptive uh they royalty, do preemptive conversa- in- royalty conversations hey i'm going to use a little snippet of your of your music is that okay i'm going to give you this amount and they either say yay or nay yeah so anyway it's it's a difficult subject Nobody no i think right that's answer. probably buck i think that's a, actually a perfect place to close so in essence you're saying we need to be careful we need to be careful about how we use these properties and pieces and history and really be sensitive 
to the needs of pieces that have already transcended to a cultural phenomenon or things that are still developing. So I think that is actually a perfect place to close in that we need to be careful. We need to understand the ramifications of what the Supreme Court or rulings or going going around suing states suing other artists for royalties yeah i think yeah at the end of the day be careful so guys thank you so much for listening i this is another one where i want i want to hear what you guys fucking think you know give us some comments tweet at us email us do all the things i want to thank you for listening as well and i want to thank my guest mr theodore t buck for joining us today buck you know this was the first is it art like episode that was like our original conception of is it art we had this we this had, really was we had the topic it. we had we had surprise questions for each other. This was this was You're a this is an official. I think it would. We did. Yeah, this is an official. Is it art episode? Outside some of our other just open discussion episodes, which are which are good. Click here. So if you guys like that, you know what to do. You can like, subscribe, follow, do all the things. You can catch us at underscore Nova underscore day and at Nova Day Media. Don't forget to rate and review. And if you'd like to be on the show, you can reach out to us at NovaDayMedia at gmail.com. So you know what to do. We'll see you in the next one. So good luck. Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Media at Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash Music 123 Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com. And executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.